If you can join with me in the Old Testament, in Ezra, ninth chapter. And as you turn in there, and might not look at that book too often, if you just go in the Old Testament and you get close to the beginning, you'll run into it pretty quickly. After you get past Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, and Joshua, Judges, Ruth, 1st, 2nd Samuel, 1st, 2nd Kings, 1st, 2nd Chronicles, Ezra, right there. If you need some additional help, just open up your table of contents. It'll give you the page number. You can turn right there. Ezra, the ninth chapter. Deacon Kyle read us that chapter this morning for time of devotion and meditation. And as we look closer into this word, at this time, I'm going to focus on verses 1 through 9. Reading from the New Living Translation, the Word of God says, When these things had been done, the Jewish leaders came to me and said, Many of the people of Israel and even some of the priests and Levites have not kept themselves separate from the other people living in the land. They have taken up the detestable practices of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Jebusites, and the Ammonites, Moabites, Egyptians, and Amorites. For the men of Israel have married women from these people, and have taken them as wives for their sons. So the holy race has become polluted by these mixed marriages. Worse yet, the leaders and officials have led the way in this outrage. When I heard this, I tore my cloak, my shirt, pulled hair from my head and beard, and sat down utterly shocked. Then all who trembled at the words of the God of Israel came and sat down with me because of this outrage committed by the returned exiles. And I sat there utterly appalled until the time of the evening sacrifice. At the time of the sacrifice, I stood up from where I had sat in the morning with my clothes torn. I fell to my knees and lifted up my hands to the Lord my God. I prayed, oh my God, I am utterly ashamed. I blush to lift up my face to you, for our sins are piled higher than our heads, and our guilt has reached to the heavens. From the days of our ancestors until now, we have been steeped in sin. That is why we and our kings and our priests have been at the mercy of the pagan kings of the land. We have been killed, captured, robbed, and disgraced, just as we are today. But now... We have been given a brief moment of grace. For the Lord our God has allowed a few of us to survive as a remnant. He has given us security in his holy place. Our God has brightened our eyes and granted us some relief from our slavery. For we were slaves, but in his unfailing love, our God did not abandon us in our slavery. Instead, he caused the kings of Persia to treat us favorably. He revived us so we could rebuild the temple of our God and repair its ruins. He has given us a protective wall in Judah and Jerusalem. I'm going to stop right there. Living separated. Looking at this text, we see Ezra deeply grieved and mourned because of the sins of the people. 
we see Ezra deeply mourning and grieving because of the sins of the people. We need to understand in this covenant relationship that Ezra, who is, a, who is a scribe, who is a studier of the law, knows what the word of God says, who was commissioned by a Persian king to go back to the kingdom and, and rebuild it because he was well astute. He knew the law, so he was rewriting and editing and helping the people to better understand the law. And then he hears this report that the leaders had led the people in going the wrong way. See, the issue we need to look into that many times people are watching you and letting you set the example for them of how to live. And if they never, ever in their whole entire life ever go to church, they figure I don't have to go because I'm watching you. And you say you love Jesus. You say you confess him. And I see how you're acting. So how are you going to talk about me when I'm doing the same thing you're doing? So why do I need to go to church when you're doing the same thing I'm doing? Because what's going on here is that God has called us to live separate. Jesus was praying in the garden and says, Lord, I pray that they'll be one as you and I are one. Jesus says, I, I'm praying, God, that they will, they will be in this world but not be of this world. Paul writes in Romans, I present my body as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing. So we understand to live separated unto the God is to live absent from this world and present with God. But when we get caught up living in this world, we can cause grief. We cause pain. We cause destruction. When you don't live separate of sin, families fall apart. Countries fall apart. Nations fall apart. Companies fall apart. When you're living in sin, it'll destroy everything it touches because it's just like a cancer. It'll destroy whatever's living. It'll destroy it and break it down. But I'm so glad that in the time we're living in sin, there's still a God. So the problem of not being separated, you see, sin destroys. And look how deep the sin got in. It said not only were there marrying strange wives, but yet they were giving their children to marry these strange wives. And if you keep on reading, it goes on to say that out of these marriages, they had children. And you can see how deep-rooted it's in. Now, some of you might be wondering and saying, well, what's the problem with them marrying somebody who's not a Jew. Well, the problem is God told them not to. Simple as that. I, I, I don't have to go no further than that. God just simply said, you should not marry them strange folk. I called you a holy nation, holy unto me, separate unto me. So don't be mixing up the holy seed. <laughs> Don't be polluting what I've given you. So you see here, God has called them to set the example. And now the problem is they can't marry those, but yet they have to become Jews. But there are married people who are still worshiping foreign gods. And by them still worshiping them foreign gods, it has polluted the nation, and that's why they are in the captivity that they're in. You see, we sometimes feel... Because just a little sin has not destroyed everything that I had. I'm okay. Uh, I did lie to get this job, but I have this job. I have a good income. I have a nice house, so it's okay. Ain't wrong. It'll catch up with you. 
We see, we, 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 we justify, we have it, right? A white lie, a black lie, a, a fib, a, a big tail. You know, we justify it. But yet, we can see how upset we get when they told Barack Obama he was a lie. We found out that a lie is a lie, huh? So don't be saying that about him because he's not lying. But that's the thing that we, we, we upon ourselves, when we tell lies, uh, we can justify it. That's the thing because we, we easily look past our own faults and don't see how they're sneaking in into our own lives and how it's secretly destroying everything that it touches. And then when we realize it, it's too late. The leaders realize that we're in a time of restoration. We're in a time of reconciliation. We're in a time that we're allowed to come back and rebuild this temple, rebuild and reconnect with our God. And yet we have another opportunity and the people are still acting a fool. That, 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 that's how some of them parents were like them kids, right? After I did this, you going to still act like a fool? I'm going to take everything out of your room. Your TV gone, your bed gone, you sleeping on the floor, you know, all that stuff. Because you're you going to have the nerve after I give you another chance, you're going to smack it back in my face? Well, well, what about many times of us had those friendships and those relationships, right? You gave that person another chance and they did the same thing again. You're like, why? God is like, it's the same way, so I'm giving you another chance. Ezra's realized he's giving us another chance and yet you have the nerve to blatantly disrespect our God? After he has called us to live separate unto him, but we're going to intermix and live all up in the sin and try to worship God like everything's all right. That's why Ezra had to sit. And, and, and catch this. It said he tore his clothes. Many of our Bible scholars, you're aware of that. When people rent their clothes, they're mourning. That's nothing new to them to tear their robes. And you know that means a lot because they didn't have one, two, three, four robes. They had maybe one or two. And so they tore that one. That one had to get fixed. <laughs> They didn't just go out and get them. They had to fix that one and put it back together. And so in this process, you can understand that. But yet he did something unique only here. He tore the hair. He tore the hair out of his head and his beard. He tore the hair out of his head and beard. You do see that in Nehemiah. But Nehemiah tore their hair out of their head and their beard. But Ezra did it to himself. It can show you how deep the sin got into him. How much he loved the word of God. And it got so into him that he didn't know what else to do but to cry out to God. Lord have mercy. Have you been there? It, it, it might have been the sin of your children. It might have been the sin of your spouse. It might have been the sin of your cousin, your brother, or your relative. And you had nothing else but to do. But you had to fall down and just sit and just cry out to God. Lord have mercy. I don't know what to do. But maybe it's more personal. Maybe it was your sin and you messed up and you had to sit down and say, Lord, I, I know I messed up. I can't go nowhere else till I get right with you. The pain of sin. Sin is painful. And if we don't recognize sin for what it is, it easily sneaks in. If you have a terminal illness, you want it what, by, by any chance, by any means necessary, you want them to remove it out of your body. 
you, 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 you take the time, you go, you, you know, you get second, third, four, five opinions on what's going on in your body and what's the best way to get it out of your body. Because you like, what's the best way? You look to, to the most expensive, to the least expensive, to what's the most effective, to what's the least ineffective. You ask other people their experience and how it works because you want to know all the information possible. How can I get this disease cured, get it out of my body, put it in remission, remove it out of my body? The same situation used to be like sin. You should research and check it out and say, what do I need to do to get this out of my system? Many of us think we can just handle it. And that's why you're still sick. You're still sick that you don't even know your own symptoms anymore because they have become common to you. You're okay with your irregularities. You're okay with your bad habit because now it's you and that's now your natural habit. You're okay with the foul words that come out of your mouth because people have come to accept it. You're okay for on the weekend, you're not, you're not a drunk, you just binge drink and happen to get drunk. You're, you're okay that you're not a, a smoker, just occasionally you smoke when you get with your friends who smoke. It's okay that you don't sleep around, you don't shackle, but just at night with my girlfriend and my boyfriend when nobody's around, I sleep with them. You're okay. It becomes commonplace because it just sneaks in and you turn a blind eye to it and you think nobody else knows but God's Sees. And when things start crumbling around your life, you start realizing there's some sin up in my life that's destroying me. That I need to sit and mourn, weep and cry. Maybe I need to get some other saints to come with me who love the word of God. That's what the text says. Uh, and let them just sit with me and mourn and cry and turn to a God that can make a difference. Because you look here, Ezra, the, Ezra standing there over the law, coming from the line of Aaron. He understands what it means to be a priest and come before God. It says here, he sat there until the evening sacrifice. I'm so glad there's a sacrifice. Some of y'all might get that on the way home. But you see, at the time of the evening sacrifice, it provides a time for confession and a sacrifice. And when they give a sacrifice, the sacrifice is just not something that's given, but it makes atonement. It makes at one minute everything that is wrong. It's an opportunity to be reconciled back to God. But before he can just reconcile back to God, he has to confess uh, the sins. He has to lay them down at the altar. That's where we come to the altar. He had to lay them down uh, at the altar and then present the sacrifice and say, may the blood cover these multitude of sins. But he did not stop there because you keep on reading. He goes on to the 10th chapter. He's saying, now you need to change your mind. You know how when we are wrong, we might admit we're wrong, but we don't change our minds. Come here, children. Walk with me a little bit. You know when you get into fights at school, you get caught teacher make you come and face the person you fighting say you sorry I'm sorry then you sit back down you be, be doing all those hands that say, I'm gonna beat you up come recess you just wait you just wait yeah I said I'm sorry for the teacher but you won't be sorry when I get out there because we said it but we did not mean it. We did not repent. We did not change uh, from our action. Our attitude was, I got caught, uh, so I'll commit. But yet, when I get back up with you, I'm going to continue what I started. 
That's the same thing we are with God sometimes. We get something and it we almost destroys our lives. We say, oh, Lord, if you just save me from this, I won't ever do it again. And God done delivered you and you've been good for a little while. And then you slip again and you cry out that same prayer. God is saying, look at you, look at you now. See, that's why you're in the mess you're in. Because if you live separate unto me, you wouldn't be into this mess. That's what Ezra's crying out. said, God, uh, you've been faithful to us. We can see we got just a little remnant in here. Uh, you left us a little something. Uh, how dare we take advantage of you? That's what we do. We take advantage of God's grace. But great is his grace. Great is his mercy towards us. When you, when you think about all the wickedness that you've done, you look at in verse 13 and 12, Ezra says that, God, you have not punished us as we deserve. Think about it. He has not punished us as much as we deserve. He has withheld. He's shown us his mercy. And, and then he gets in, uh, Ezra gets in specific. You look in verse 8, and depending on the translation you read, it talks about how he gives us a tent. Uh, he gives us a peg, a firm, or a secure place in his holy land. Meaning this, that God has planted us presently in his promise. That's why we can get excited and say, on Christ, the solid rock, I stand. Because I'm standing on the promise of God. God, because of your faithfulness and your covenant to us, you hold us up. You make us firm. You make us strong. In spite of our wickedness, in spite of our sin, in spite of us falling down, you look past our faults and you see our needs. You provided the perfect sacrifice. As Ezra had to do the evening sacrifice, this is an evening sacrifice, which means every evening they made this sacrifice. So every evening they had to come into the time of making confessions and to have this sacrifice. Every day they had to go through this procedure in order to honor God. And God sent down the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of God. Of the world. I challenge you to mark down your calendar every evening and say, Lord, uh, here's a time I need to come uh, this evening and, and make my own confession to the, through the perfect sacrifice of my Lord and Savior. Every day you need to make some time to come to God and say, realize uh, I'm a sinner in need of salvation. Uh, every day your body should be grieved and shaken and mourning because of the sins that over overwhelm us in our lives but you can come with a cry and a downcast spirit and say Lord create in me a clean heart renew my spirit in me and you can come to him confessing your sins and lift up to God and let him show you his grace and his mercy because when you see his grace and his mercy it'll cause you to change your attitude realize God you've been so good to me How dare I take advantage of you? You've been so merciful to me. How dare I get up and living a life not separated unto you and living all up in this world wanting you to bless me? No, it doesn't work that way. That's why Ezra said that's why many of us, uh, some of us have been in captivity, uh, have been in slaves. And Ezra had the right mind and the right attitude. So we still slaves now. You see how we're still slaves. But I'm heard. Jesus said, who the Son sets free 
is free indeed. Uh, the writer Paul wrote, uh, where the spirit of the Lord is, uh, there is liberty. So I'm so glad that even though my flesh uh, is a slave to sin, uh, glory be to God, uh, I'm not led by my flesh no longer because God poured out his Holy Spirit. And when I call on the name of Jesus, uh, I get that Power, that same power that rose Christ up from the grave, that same power that has sent him up into the heaven, that same power is now in me. And because of that same power, I'm no longer a slave in my flesh, but a servant of the Most High, the only one, the name above all names, the bright and the morning star, the lily in the valley, the rose of Sharon, the bright and the morning star, Emmanuel, Prince of Peace, the mighty counselor. I'm so glad I can call on that name in the midst of my sin. I don't know what you're dealing with, but I know what Sam is dealing with. And Sam's in need of God's mercy, amazing grace, how sweet the sound. I'm so glad today. Are you glad today? Tell your name I'm in need of his mercy. Tell your neighbor I'm in need of his grace. His amazing grace. His unfailing love. I need to cover me. Because sometimes I lose my mind. I do some things I shouldn't be doing. I act a fool. Not being obedient to him. But glory. Glory. That God is faithful. Can anybody here testify that God is faithful? And because of his faithfulness, I'll be faithful to him. I'm going to trust in him, be separated unto him, holding on to God's unchanging hand. The righteous walk by faith. I'm so glad. Good God from Zion. I'm trying to leave you alone, but my soul just got happy. Because I know, I know, I know I need to be dead and buried, lost in in my sin, but by the grace of God, Jesus took all my sins away. Did he die for you? He died for me, but I'm so glad he defeated death. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, sin, where is your sting? I'm glad today, Jesus, the perfect sacrifice, I can come confessing my sin, and God is faithful. God is faithful. Tell your neighbor, God is faithful to forgive me of all my sin and make me righteous to call me back home and give me a firm place. A firm place. Tell your neighbor, a firm place. A firm place. Where is that firm place? I heard Jesus say, in my father's house. <laughs> Where is that firm place? Tell your neighbor, in my father's house. Oh, over in glory. A firm place. But yet, he's calling us right now to live separate unto him. And then you can enjoy that peace that transcends all understanding. You can see in the midst of the evil and the wicked that's happening all around us, that great is his faithfulness. 
told us. You can see while those may try to slay you and persecute you, God will still give you an opportunity to make it right. Mm. Now's the time for you to remove what needs to be removed that is hindering you in your relationship with God. Now is the time to say, Lord, I will be living separate unto you. Now is the time because now he is giving you. Now he has given you. Tomorrow is not promised, but you can make it right today because it will not only bless you, but your children and your generation. I want to leave you with this. The text, the text shows us because of the sins of the fathers, the children suffered. Don't think that can't happen to you. If you don't believe that, just look at your bank accounts right now because the sins of the people in those places, we are suffering. I ain't making this stuff up. The Time Magazine, Newsweek Magazine talks about how people are embezzling from their own place, making them go bankrupt, then we paying the brunt of this. We see how people have been shaded. We, you saw those pyramid schemes, Enron, the other plays, the Ponzi schemes. People just sitting in line, taking advantage of people, and other people are suffering. So if you don't catch on to it right now, sin is just trying to sneak in, but you said, no more, <laughs> no more. I will trust in the Lord. I will be separated unto him and trust in him because God is faithful. And since God is faithful to us, how dare we not be faithful to him? And I'm so glad that he gives us provision. I, I, I know there's nobody perfect here, but that's why Christ died. Because we know we can't make it on our own. But every day, today, is another opportunity for you to come confessing your sins. And come to a God that can redeem you and change from your wickedness right now. Let us bow our heads. Father, here we come to you, God. Realizing how our sins, Lord, are too great. And Father, Lord, we desire to blush at our wickedness before you. Father, our sins come up, up to the heaven, God. But Lord, through it all, we've seen your grace and your mercy. While we were yet still sinners, Jesus died for us. And defeated death and rose from the grave on the third day. And because of that, God, we boldly come to you confessing our sins to you. And Lord, we want to change our minds and live a life that's pleasing unto you. Father, hold on to us as we hold on to you. Lord, we draw nigh unto you as you draw nigh unto us. And Lord, in the power of your might, we stand against the enemy and his wicked schemes to entrap us and to trouble us. Because, Father, we know greater is you that's in us than he that is in this world. And, Father, we want to have a changed mind. We want to live a life separate to you. That when people see us, they see us not of this world, but see us as children of you. When people see our marriages, God, they see what you have called husband and wife to be. When people see our families, they see us raising our children in the admonition of the Lord. When they see men and women walking, they see purity and integrity walking the streets. Father, we want to live holy for you. And Lord, you'll take care of the rest. <laughs> you'll give us a land. You'll give us a food. You'll give us a firm place in your glory. I'm so glad that this earth is going to fade away. But there's a place over in glory just for us. All who call on the name of the Lord. Father, there's someone here 
who does not know Jesus, Father, I pray they can confess right now and believe in their heart that Jesus Christ is Lord. And they trust you in your promise and they trust you in your word. And they allow Jesus to live in them, to be inside of them, to guide them and to direct them so that they will have a relationship with him as he will have with them. And that we all together as a one body of Christ be led by Jesus how to live holy and separate unto you. In Jesus' name, Father, Lord, we pray. Let God's people say amen.